This is Influence Now, where we focus on ideas influencing the world. And today we have Lucky Leo Dancewear, and I have with us the founders, Chelsea and Heather. Thank you, Hi. ladies, for joining us. Uh, you guys, ladies, have a unique story uh, that I, I just met you, by the way, I should tell our viewers how I met you. We met at the On Deck Challenge, On Deck Onward Denver Challenge last week. You ladies were actually the winners of the challenge, which you have know, an amazing <laughs> story that we're going to dig into today. I would like you ladies to maybe introduce yourselves really quick and uh, give us a little background on where you came from. And I, your story is really compelling because I know both, I don't want to take away your, your, your thunder here, but you both had injuries and both were dancers. And it's just an amazing story. I think our, our listenership, viewership would like to hear that story and an introduction to your background and how you got to where you were. Absolutely. Um, my name is Chelsea Early and this is my sister Heather. And we were both professional ballet dancers with Ballet Arizona for many years. Um, Basically, when I was two years old, I was dancing already, <laughs> and my mom was like, got to put her in dance class, um, and the same was true for Heather. We just loved it, um, and danced professionally, which is pretty rare in the dance world. It's difficult to get a professional ballet job out there. There's not that many in the U.S. Um, some of our friends went international to get a job because it's that limited. Um, but yeah, basically we both got injured seriously. Not at the same time, it wasn't some tragic sister accident. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it was just a point in our lives where both of us were unable to pursue that dream that we had spent our entire life working towards. It was very tragic and overwhelming. And it did force me to kind of think, okay, so what's next in my life? Um, Heather has an interesting trajectory directly after. Yeah, so it, after I thought dance, very, it's very uh, inclusive environment. It's a small world, tight-knit community. You really get comfortable growing up in this community where dance is everything and it's your entire life. Um, beside, I mean, education falls to the wayside. People only focus full-time, 12 hours a day on dance. Um, so when that ends, it's kind of, for any dancer, it's a shock uh, uh, and a culture shock more than anything. I ended up working at uh, a sandwich shop for a couple of years, and I was slicing meat and serving people sandwiches. Um, and I ended up moving back home, and Chelsea was working on a really cool project. Yeah, so basically, as I was injured, I was getting a kind of side work through the wardrobe department at the ballet. And that was where I started getting more and more experience with how. Uh, the tutus and these really complex costumes are assembled. Um, it taught me a lot about how that works, that whole world, and I started to feel more and more connected to that side of the whole world of dance, the costuming side. Um, I kind of got some side projects through dancers of solo costumes, 
creating stuff for them. And it was really something that I felt passionate about. The whole design aspect really tied in with that creative lifestyle that I was used to as a dancer. And um, it was interesting to kind of start bridging more and more into that world. Um, I got a job at a ballroom dance dance store. Basically, like they create all the smooth gowns and Latin shitty dresses and stuff like that. Um, they can run up to $15,000, and I was the one creating them start to finish for the designer. And that there I learned a ton about how to assemble garments really, really excellently, and that high-quality finish that is necessary for something that's $15,000 in one dress. Um, so that was a really great experience, and she would literally scribble little style line be like take it <laughs> I'd be like okay I'll try <laughs> but um, that taught me a lot it was basically like going to fashion school um, that job because I got immersed in that world um, then I started really thinking could I do this myself you know this is really fun to work for this designer I love her she's awesome but I would love to pursue my own design aesthetic and my own concepts and um, specifically in the world of ballet that I was so familiar with. So I started a little Etsy shop and I put up single items. Uh, each one was completely unique and it started going really well. I was getting excellent reviews and it kept kind of picking up speed more and more. I started asking Heather to assist in sewing stuff for larger groups that were starting to ask us to create things. And I kind of had a sit down with her one day and I said, Heather, I don't think I can do this alone. I really want to do this with you. What do you think about starting a company together? And it was a really serious sit down because I, I was really nervous after. It was kind of like <laughs> a proposal. <laughs> what do you think, sis? Um, but she was like very serious. I don't remember if you said it. I, I don't think I said yes right away. I was, I take everything really seriously. <laughs> I said, give me some time to think about it. I mean, yeah. it's like it changes the family dynamic. It changes potentially your whole life. Um, we didn't know it would become this big, but it's still a big decision um, to work with family members. We talked it over a long time, decided to go for it, and our first meeting was about the name. We came up with the name Lucky Leo Dancewear, and it's three since then. <laughs> yeah. So, I actually am curious about that. Where did the name Lucky Leo come from? Yeah. It's sort of an abbreviation. Um, leotards are uh, called leos in the dance world. It's just a sort of slang shortening of the word leotard. And we both each had a leotard that we would wear that made us feel super lucky or like we were going to get cast in this role or get the spot in the audition that we were heading to. So we would always take our lucky leo to the most important audition or, you know, the casting. So essentially, um, we just shortened Leotard to Leo and um, called it Lucky Leo because we really want to bring that level of confidence that we 
you get when you're wearing something that makes you feel amazing and makes you feel lucky. That's what we're here for. Dancers okay. need a lot of luck out there. Yeah. It's a scary life. Yeah. I'm clearly an expert on ballet dancing. I can tell by looking no. at you. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to hit on, I'm, I might not be an expert, so I hope my questions are not, you know, when they're related to the dancewear world, I hope my questions aren't offending others out there that <laughs> he's got an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But uh, I'm going to focus on the business story a little bit more. You, you, you ladies talked about a situation where you got to this moment and it sounds like the whole genesis of the business just came organically and which is really cool and really it's I wouldn't say it's rare but it doesn't happen all the time like people go in with a purpose usually and I'm going to create this company I'm going to do this I'm going to get acquired or I'm going to you know whatever it is I'm, I'm curious if when you came to that moment, and I think we've all been there as small business owners or medium-sized business owners, or if you're a professional that's in leadership, jumping off of that ledge is, I think it is a serious decision. Some people, you know, don't take it. So I think it's good you have a yin and yang almost, because one of you was just like, let's do it. And the other one, well, let's think about it. And I think that might balance you two ladies in a way. But what ultimately was the scariest thing for you in making that decision? The initial decision to start the company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was it the family? You mentioned the family dynamic, but I have a feeling it was more than that. I Yeah, for me personally, I felt um, in my dance career and then also in my other jobs that I had that there was a kind of lifestyle culture that was lacking for my own personal wants out of life where I wanted a work balance where things were fun loving and exciting and there's always something new to challenge yourself and I felt that I wouldn't find that in the workforce uh, at least in my experience so I really had this passion to create that for myself this kind of um, eternal striving for something new and better and working towards that is something that really fuels me as a person, I think. And um, so I think I was really passionate about the concept of creating a work environment that was really healthy for employees, that was very exciting to be a part of, and it was what made me strong enough to get over that hurdle of can I do this is it gonna work you know can I make a living off of it those are questions that everybody has I think when they're first starting out is it really gonna work is it good enough um, yeah I guess my answer would be similar in just that there's no one big thing that sat in my mind it was thousands of little <laughs> questions running through my mind constantly um, which is just, I think, what's made us, uh, it's helped us be successful as well because we're both so analytical and we think through every worst case possible scenario, which is, it's just, in my brain, if, if anyone were to look in there, it's just worst case scenario all the time. <laughs> yeah. I 
a car crash, what happens to the company then? What's gonna, you know, like, oh, I lost my hand and now I can't sew. <laughs> so just like worst case scenario, constantly thinking that way and then turning it into a positive as to uh, this is how we're going to avoid that, or this is how we're going to make the best of mitigating it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good thought process that I think really successful people uh, fall on is, is thinking about all of the different tangents and scenarios that could possibly happen. And making it into a positive is a difficult thing. And that's usually probably what talks people out of doing a business sure. is all the things that could possibly happen. Right. And are my thinking about all of the things that I think all of us, I, I'm included in this, that when I think about business and, and the different tangents, I absolutely think about all the negatives that could possibly happen in, in the worst case scenarios. Um, and I think what you, what you realize in those situations is it happens more often than you think it might happen. <laughs> you, know? like you, end up, you end up in a situation where, wow, that the worst case situation, I mean, maybe not the worst case, but dang close to the worst case, yeah. happens quite often. And if you're prepared for it, that it's not a surprise and you're able to overcome it. And if you're not thinking about these things, you're never going to be a successful small business owner because you can't overcome it if you're not prepared for it. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to jump into just how successful you got your company is. I, I mean, where have you gone from? You were in Arizona at one time, you were at Etsy and where has that from like employee standpoint, and if you don't want to share financials, that's fine. I totally get that. But where have you gone from, like, space-wise, everything, moving? I, I believe you moved to Denver or what was it, a couple years ago now. Um, yeah. So give us a little been, bit of that journey. It's been a wild ride. Um, when we first started out and we were just having our family meetings, deciding whether we were going to do this or not, Chelsea had rented a small house off of Craigslist in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and it was a strange location. <laughs> I don't want to get too into it, but it was dirt cheap. Um, <laughs> next to a pawn shop, we there were holes in the floor that went feet down, like <laughs> steep holes in the floor. <laughs> so we kind of started in this very rural um, self-started we haven't gotten any funding uh, uh, no investors so it's sort of been a process of like how can we the two of us make this happen and so every step of growth has been some thought process behind it as how to get there essentially from our small house in Phoenix we had our first two hires there um, and first hire was definitely the scariest just to come to this realization of like we're a real company and we're going to employ someone this is nuts how do we how do we act professional I don't know how to do that we're just you know sisters and friends and cranking out and manufacturing the stuff ourselves at this point um, so that was really a turning point for us to hire that first employee to say what kind of 
uh, quality standards do we expect from somebody outside of ourselves? What kind of uh, speed are we hoping for in lowest that we hire? What kind of skill level should they have um, in their background? And all of these decisions that were just like, we had no idea what we were looking for essentially. So it was it was really hard without that baseline of what's the perfect employee for us to kind of go out there and make the first hire. But it ended up going so smoothly. We learned so much about just getting policies in place to make things easier on ourselves. Um, and from there, we moved to Denver um, two years ago. And as soon as we moved here, the growth was just been, yeah. So now we're a team of 17, um, two years later, and we just have really built the systems. Um, and I think that that's been the biggest part of our success is our organization within the team itself and establishing the protocol, adapting it if necessary, but just trying to set boundaries, set systems in place so that we can grow and have it running itself in a way um, as we continue to expand. So that's what our employees always say. They're like, this is the most organized sewing workshop I've ever been at. I love it because a lot of seamstresses are very organized, meticulous people anyway. Yeah. So it's nice to have that kind of system and boundary to how your day is going to look. And I think that that's why we've grown so quickly is that we've created this environment that's understandable. There's a job, a task, and then you complete it. And then we're like, yay, you did it. <laughs> and so we can focus on growing the business. And it's been really exciting to have production fully done by our team now. Um, it took a long time to get there because we started off doing everything ourselves. Uh, but we've been moving more and more towards the growth of business, product development, and expanding from here, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah that's... So now that we have this like incredible sewing team working for us, so many of them actually don't even have experience in the design world or the fashion industry, and they've been taught by the two of us. And so we have a sort of training method that we've come up with for people who just want to start to get into creative jobs instead of you know necessarily not necessarily having Google background that one would have um, but we now have this incredible team they're amazing and so we're we're producing an insane amount of leotards <laughs> every week and we're shipping to over 64 countries um, and it's all done through our online website it's, it's insane speaking of the on online website that's going to be a good segue for where i wanted to go next and that's uh the marketing conversation yeah and I, I, you, you do an amazing job on social media. I think you're currently up to like 4,000 followers on, on Facebook. I, I'm not sure what your Instagram looks like, but oh, um, imagine Instagram's it's way better than Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. We're embarrassed. <laughs> I think we're up to 84,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So what I would like to, I want to start with the product. I always start with product. Um, I feel like we work with a lot of startup companies at my own company. And what tends to happen is there, there needs to be, we always, we go into conversations and we, one of the first questions is, is, is product. What, you know, 
you know, we can promote all day, we can put a price on it, we can do all these different things. But really, how good is the product and what differentiates your product from the rest of the market, especially if it's like a more mature uh, market. So like dancewear has been around for a long time, probably a lot of competitors because it's been around for a long time. What really makes you ladies different in that what is allowing for this success to happen? And, and I, I think I know the answer, but I want you to tell us what the answer is or what you feel like it is because you're in the weeds. Yeah, um, I think that it's really interesting because as dancers ourselves, we were really exposed to the whole gamut of what was available. And, and we felt like, okay, there's black, there's pink, and there's white. And that's about it. Um, there were very limited options at the dancewear stores. And I, as a dancer, was always wanting to look as cute as I would when I went outside and get all dressed up. Because in the dancewear world, for some reason, it was very basic. Um, and so we just kind of based our entire concept of Lucky Leo around this idea of why can't we be unique? Why can't we stand out? Why can't we show our own creativity in the dance class and really be ourselves in what we want to wear, not just black like everybody else? And there are dress code restrictions for a lot of dance schools, um, but still within that, we're like, can't black be exciting too? Like, it doesn't need to be a spaghetti strap pouring leotard. Let's spice it up with something different. Um, so I think that that was a big part of our success was how exciting our stuff is. It's actually colorful. It is made out of prints that are hand-painted by myself. And then Heather develops them into a digital repeating pattern. And we print that onto fabric that is exclusive to Lucky Leo. Um, and write down the aesthetic that other dancers are going to love and we know because we've been there <laughs> you want something a little softer and a little bit prettier um and demure not like swimwear naturally is and that's usually what other dance um other competition uses is just using spandex off of you know online sources um so i think that us establishing this creative internal process and printing has been a huge component to our success as well um, and very easy to market like you're saying because it's it's exciting it's something you want to talk about as a dancer you want to share it with your friends because nobody else is doing it mm -hmm. I think just to add to that kind of uh, touching on what you were saying about things happening organically for us that, that whole uh, creation of that foundation for our company was so organic for us. It was so easy to come up with, I want to be a dancer that's in the studio and looking really unique and standing out and expressing my own creativity through what I'm wearing, just in the same way that fashion is. Um, and being able to kind of offer customization that not a lot of other companies do and do it all here in America and made by hand is uh, a way that I think in general 
America is shifting that they want to see things made here. They want to see high quality, slow fashion instead of fast overseas, um, fast fashion production. So, so it just fell into our laps and it all aligned with our uh, belief system really right. and, and what, what we want to create, just that the culture is sort of shifting that way too. And so awesome timing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also noticed on the website that there was, and I don't, I don't know how many competitors are actually doing this too, and that is the build your own, build right. your own fashion basically. And you, you, you ladies allow for people to actually order their own fashion and their own, which allows them to express themselves in their own way outside of your amazing design yeah. ideas. So. An opportunity for the dancers themselves to become the designers that we have in a way. Yeah. Um, you can step into that mind space of what I can come up with anything within these, you know, boundaries of this style line or these colors that are in front of me. But that creation process is, is really exciting. And I think it's something that ties the customers in, really gets them involved creatively. Um, and helps us learn about what they're interested in at the time. So like, we'll see some custom orders come in over a couple weeks that we're like, oh, is this, is this what's in right it's now? It's trending, I guess. And that'll kind of help us decide. Trend forecasting. Yeah, it'll help us decide what direction we head in the next coming weeks as to what dancers are looking for right now in this season. So it's really cool that we can be involved in what the customers care about and give that back to them. And that we have a team in-house so we can be adaptive in that way. A lot of other dance wear companies just do bulk production overseas and it's totally different. It's a whole different story. You can't adapt to the market in the same way that we can, where we're always trying to cater exactly to what is relevant in the dancer's life right then. <laughs> so it's really exciting. What is one more marketing question, and then we'll uh, we we got to wrap pretty quick here. But <laughs> I'm I'm curious what the most successful because you clearly are having success, and it sounds like organically for the most part on social media because of just having a great product and people wanting to share that product and to be a, a highly consumable and shareable type of thing. Because you, you ladies have done an amazing job with the photography. Um, setting up the shots, the dancers that wear the stuff, um, which makes it a lot easier for people to want to share that stuff. What has been the most successful marketing tactic for you in general and what advice maybe can you give in more yeah. maybe more broad sense to others? I love talking about this because yeah. it's so much fun. I think that social marketing is so much fun. And if you come at it with that viewpoint of like, these are all my friends out there and let's connect and do something cool together um that's how we've always looked at social media and i think it's why we've been so successful we think of what would be exciting from their point of view and we say let's just do it so i mean we have done giveaways which i think has been a huge component of our success but we've also featured our customers on our feed which is really showing everyone that anyone can be this beautiful and unique. We have kind of put together this package of our photo shoots that I style and Heather photographs, and we work with these incredible dancers who obviously are the epitome of what everyone's wanting to look like. But then we also mix in this reality of, of 
customer base and we say, look at how beautiful this person is. She's maybe not at this professional level that the model is, but we're going to feature her as well because she's working just as hard. She's just as relevant. She's just as beautiful in her own way. And so we really try to embrace this beauty of all types, which I think a lot of other dancers don't see from other competing brands. It's only the ideal, only this uh, professional that's beyond perfect, which is achievable by some, but not by everyone. So I think that we're a little more accessible in that way. And we also do giveaways, which is Fun. Yeah, just to, to touch on that, uh, I think the most fun part is that we have a really vocal community, and so we'll get to ask them a question on an Instagram post and get 2,000 replies, uh, just their thoughts on it, which is amazing, uh, but we've organically grown to that point where we get to have these conversations, and maybe a hundred of the comments are, I want a free leotard, and so then we say, well, let's give away So it's it's really just like hearing what the customers what sounds fun to them right now and what sounds like uh, it would garner the interest of a lot of different people. We literally did that. We said, "What do you guys want to see from us?" And they said, "A free leotard." So then we put up, I think it was one or two leotards yeah. on the web, and it was just free, zero dollars. <laughs> and the first person to click it got it. So I, I think like that, it's just little games and it makes things a little more exciting and more interesting. And I think it has definitely helped us grow. I think what I'm hearing there to sum it up in a summary for people to easily consume is be genuine. Yeah. Uh, be inclusive and involved in your community of, of you know folks that are buying your product and involved with your product and then listen to them. So uh, for everybody listening, I think if you take those three things in, in what you're incorporating in your social media strategy and you're heavily involved in it, and you're actually communicating with the people that are involved with you, that's when you have success. I actually, I wrote a blog of, you know, why your social media strategy sucks. And <laughs> It's because a lot of companies, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're B2B or whatever you are, you, you got to really invest time into actually providing people, listening to them, providing them what they want, and also just communicating with them. So you ladies are doing an amazing job at that. Uh, I want to touch on one last thing before, we, before I let you ladies do a little commercial and Tell us where you know we can find you and buy things, all that fun stuff. One of um, how I discovered you, I mentioned this at the beginning, was the On Deck Onward Denver Challenge. And I definitely want to give that a mention because my company, Cast Influence, had an opportunity to work with On Deck to produce this event that was amazing, well-received here in Denver. And hopefully this event gets replicated and, and people can do it all over the place because it allowed for small businesses to actually be able to pitch to win money, which you don't see that very often in small business. You usually see it at tech. You should, you see, you know, that seems like everyone's giving money to tech people all the time, which is great. Um, They need help too. Uh, And we work with a lot of those folks. So I don't want to get mad at me. (laughs) 
but it really was at core to my own heart that small businesses that are brick and mortar really contributing to localized community and frankly across the country is a shrinking number of people um, that are starting small businesses get this type of traction and, and help to where if they win they you know you can actually win money you can get some you know publicity you can get you know and and have a pat on the back for doing what you're doing um you ladies came in first place you won ten thousand dollars yeah so i mean are you going to disneyland what's going on with that (laughs) (laughs) no i i've actually never been to disneyland (laughs) (laughs) ever um i i i really i think it was like incredible to see in my inbox this uh notification that there the on deck awards were going on and i was like no Seriously, it's $10,000? Like, is this for real? Um, somebody putting on this kind of an award, and we were so excited. And Heather and I were like, we have to submit. This is so cool that somebody's doing this. And to have gotten all the way to the round where we presented in front of three judges, we were freaking out because we're not very experienced in the pitching realm. We've never done it before. Yeah our first business pitch ever um i actually went on instagram and we were like have any advice in our story for um public public speaking advice and they were so sweet they all responded with like encouraging remarks but i i think it was really awesome to go and have this opportunity for a business um presented to us and then the fact that we actually did win the 10k is really unbelievable we are still in shock. Yeah. Um, but the biggest part for me the, that excites me the most is that we actually will be able to start printing in house because of this grand prize winning. Um, and I think that that's exponential for our growth and our trajectory as a company can really expand in the way that we've been dreaming because we got awarded that. So it's huge for us. We're so fun. We're excited. Yeah, I think you, you ladies are going to be spending that in the right place. And that's exactly yeah. what the event was created for. So yeah. congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And lastly, so we'll sum it up with um, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Clearly, Instagram is one way. Uh, yeah. So give us all the handles. Give us all the follows. Give us the website. How can they find you? So our website is www.luckyleodancewear.com. Our Instagram is luckyleodancewear, same for Facebook. Um, And we are heading up all of that. We're constantly answering any private messages on Facebook or Instagram. So we're at the helm of it all and ready to talk with anyone that wants to chat. Um, And yeah. That's our main stuff. Yeah, yeah. We've got Snapchat, which you can also... It's an underground... We we release a lot of secrets on Snapchat. Um, Luckily, OTW is our Snapchat. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, ladies. And for... um, For Influence Now, uh, you can find Influence Now. I'm Justin, the host. And you can find us on InfluenceNowPodcast.com. 
Uh, please do view all the rest of our podcasts. We have some amazing stories from a lot of just awesome business owners like these ladies, and we'll continue to keep producing this if you keep listening. So uh, thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.